0: The GovCon Secrets Podcast will take a deep dive into the government contracting space, where you'll hear from a variety of expert guests on strategy, pricing, benefits, business tactics, and all this to save you a ton of money, time, energy, and effort. I'm your host, Jim Campbell, former Marine and CEO of Axon Fringe Solutions Group. My goal is to redefine the benefits world with a brutally honest view of how benefits, compliance, finance, and overall contracting strategy mixed with my years of experience and expertise, can it benefit you to deploy strategies to help your GovCon grow and win in the future, all the while without boring you to death. We're going to have fun. Let's start the show. Today, we are joined by Aubrey Gainfort. Not only is Aubrey a contracting officer at the TSA, but she is also the host of a podcast, Breaking the Standard. And that's one that everybody that's in small business should listen to because she has new guests on all the time. Great information. I don't want to steal her thunder. So we're going to let Aubrey introduce herself. So Aubrey, thank you for joining the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Jim was on our show a couple months ago and I am really excited to be here. It's only my second time being a guest. It's very interesting being on the other side of the of the seat. So, my primary job is I'm a contracting officer at the Transportation Security Administration, and I've been in uh, contracting and procurement for about 15 years. And out of that, you know, and my love for uh, small businesses, Breaking the Standard was formed about three years ago. And our primary concern and focus is to equip small businesses with any and all information that they need, because I truly believe that's what stops a lot of small businesses from either pursuing a GovCon requirement or even trying in the first place. And I've learned a lot from both. And it's been a really interesting, you know, experience. And I'm really excited that this community has been so welcoming and kind. And I can't wait to keep going with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have some awesome people on your show, present company, company excluded. But I, I, when I heard about your show, from a mutual friend, I watched, mm-hmm. I think, six or seven episodes and, or listened to six or seven episodes back to back, right? Just, I was listening. Oh, thank you. And then I heard mm-hmm. uh, you had Michael Lejeune and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I love his stuff. And he's always mm-hmm. on point helping small businesses. So I was like, okay, we have to connect. So it, it was great. And, you know, we had talked previously, you have the inside out seat government helping con- or working with contractors, and then you have the outside. Mm-hmm into inside seat on breaking the standard you had talked about previously how breaking the standards help you be a little bit more empathetic or sympathetic to government contractors mm-hmm. we don't ever hear that from contractors right because it's like they're afraid of their <laughs> CEOs or they're afraid to make the phone calls how has it made you mm-hmm. more empathetic or sympathetic to what contractors go through by having breaking the standard
1: well I mean, you know, they have to spend a lot of money to go after a requirement. So, for them to reply to a solicitation, build a proposal, go through all of the steps to, you know, ultimately submit something, and then they might not win, but understanding everything that's involved from that. And I've gotten such a different perspective of that on the show from seeing you know, the conversations that you don't know they have behind closed doors and the trade-offs that they need to make to be able to say, well, we really need this. So I guess we'll not do this for right now. And then having a proposal team that they might pay a ridiculous amount of money to, or to have somebody review it to make sure that they've answered everything that we, the government, you know, which sometimes can be a little much that they need to reply to, to then give it to us. And then to find out either you didn't meet the criteria or you were great, but you weren't Great enough. I, I definitely see how that can be really frustrating when you don't get a lot of information. You know, once a solicitation goes out and we're in evaluation, you know, the evaluation period, we can't really have a lot of conversation. Everything has to be in writing. Everything has to be provided to everyone at the same time. It's not like in a, a sole source environment or an 8a environment where I can directly speak with the contractor and say, "You were really high. Did you not? Did you miss something?" Like you know, this is the allotted amount for the threshold. Like, but I think the other thing that's allowed me to be in terms of empathetic is just at the end of the day, they're people, you know, I love small businesses because people are going after and taking a chance on something. And even if they don't win, you know, being able to sit down and have that conversation with them to say, this is where you could really improve for next time, or this is what we thought was great. This is what we had some questions about. And, you know, you can take that and now learn from it and move forward. I think that helps to be able to deliver, you know, information that might not be favorable or pleasant for companies to hear because they always are looking for how they can do better. They are always looking for ways that they can improve, but I think delivery is really important and that's definitely one of the things I've learned by being able to have both sides of the of the coin
0: with this. I guarantee it's refreshing because like I said we don't hear that. You know, our clients contractors always say, you know, we have a great relationship with our CEO but we only contact them when we need to, because it's, you know, you don't want to make too many phone calls. You don't want to ping them too much. And I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) why is that? And then I see a lot of turnover in certain agencies and that creates Mm -hmm. confusion and they don't want their contracts disrupted or, you know, they're in a review period for a a renewal or something like that. So there's this like fine dance that needs to be done. One of the biggest questions I have for you, and I wrote it down my notes here that I wanted to ask is, after 15 years you know you've seen it you've done it you've worked with it when it comes to a small business versus a large opportunity have you seen an impact where you can make you know from from your seat working with a prime on how to better help a small business or maybe choose a small business as a better partner to fulfill a requirement have you ever come across that
1: i think the to help with a small business i mean we definitely do a lot of research and i've learned Market research over the last couple of years has really made a difference because if you can plead your case and show that you think that you know we have enough small businesses to be able to perform something versus it automatically going to a large business because that's what the customer wants and the customer has more confidence in a large business being able to do it, we do really try to do that. A couple of years ago, we actually like had one on ones with you know ten or twelve small businesses to be able to show that they had the ability to do what we thought they could and then present that to you know the powers that be. So everybody knows though that the government's a little you know bureaucratic and sometimes what we want and then what ultimately ends up happening doesn't, doesn't happen. So there are times where we think it should go to a small business and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then one of the things that I've had be really successful in the last couple of requirements that I've worked on is the parameters for small business, there are the regular subcontracting goals, but we've added to that either sometimes for them to be part of the Metro Project program um, and then looking at how they can go above and beyond for their goals. And if it's we can make it a small business requirement, sometimes they will team with a large business. So they're doing the 51% mm-hmm. to be able to get the experience and the you know make sure that they're fulfilling the contractual requirement, but the large business is still there to help support them from the from the back end. Mm-hmm. So, but I I do think there's still room for improvement. I I think that, you know, there are some things that people are afraid small businesses aren't good at and they don't want to separate or split the requirement and I, I I'm I'm like tough crap because you should be able to do that cuz there are a lot of things that small businesses are very good at that large companies need them for or they could just, you know, take pieces of it, but you know, selfishly, they don't want to split those things. They want to keep it all together.
0: Right, right. And and we see that, right? I mean, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, Michael just had a post recently about why team with a large prime, and it mm-hmm. was to gain experience because they have the years and years of experience in the teams to not only manage to cost, but to perform, actually deliver. Yeah. And I think a lot of small businesses oh, yeah. miss the fact that, like you said, it's very expensive just to even do a proposal. But then once you have to deliver, mm-hmm. There are incurred costs, there's expense, there's time, there's energy effort. If you're not prepared to do that and you're just saying, I, I can do the job, but you're not prepared for everything to do the job in a government contract, you're upside yeah. down. You're behind, right? And then obviously yep. you have to have the tough conversation, right? You're not delivering a Yeah, contract.
1: so... <clears throat> it's funny that you say that because so i i've michael i've seen your posts i follow you too it's funny because uh, i had i had an re- episode with kevin jance and we talked about you know there's a very big difference between winning the contract and then actually performing right so that's where a lot of companies go from wedded bliss to divorce Yep. or we have we have problems that we might need to separate and so a lot of companies don't think ahead and you need to to be able to say okay am I actually going to be able to fulfill on everything that I said I was going to? And then who do I need to have? And then knowing who I need to interact with on the government side, because that's where a lot of our um, breakdowns happen, okay. you know, and I've seen it, I've seen it, unfortunately, and then they have to terminate and start all over again. And yeah. it's just,
0: and that's expensive you know, for everybody, train wreck. right? That's expensive for the taxpayer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: It really is. It is. Yeah.
0: We, you know, but um, we joke about that a lot on our side, right? Cause like LPTA was a perfect example. Right when LPTA was the thing and you were going for lowest cost, you could have companies dive bomb the rates just to get the work. But then they were immediately filing for an REA. And then they were saying, hey, so request for equitable adjustment. So Mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know, go,
1: oh yeah, acronym, acronym soup.
0: (laughs) And then the companies that should have won are very capable of winning that were priced right, you know, protest, Mm -hmm. protest, protest. And it was taking this long, Mm -hmm. huge process when it could have been very easily settled. How do you handle something like that on your side when you're as a contracting officer, when things like that happen, are you just stuck mm-hmm. because you have to wait for the process to fix itself or can you help guide and you know, maybe uh, lead to a better outcome for all when it gets to like a protest well, or it gets ugly?
1: <laughs> so protests, you know, the P word that everyone's afraid of mostly. I mean, I'm not because they're they're the you know, contractor's right to do that. If it's in a protest environment, we cannot have any communication outside of what the filer sends to to the government accountability office and then the attorneys reach out. So first and foremost, we're responding to any of the claims that they've made against us that they did that we unfairly evaluated them or we didn't follow what we said we were going to do in the solicitation. So all of the other communication cannot happen. And usually in the meantime, we have to have a bridge. So we're talking to whoever has the bridge contract. But for the protest, we it's basically like we have to cease and desist everything else to make sure that we get everything they need. So they have their 90 days to make their decision and say, we agree with the government, you know, we're going to move forward. We, you know, we deny the we deny the protest or you know, and this is everybody's worst fears. No, we agree with the protester, and we need you to go back and reopen it and do it again. But we can't, in, in those instances, I wish we could, I can't have any communication with a contractor outside of their attorneys. And usually their attorneys talk to the government attorneys, and it's just a lot of paperwork, because they want copies of everything. And if you haven't ever filed a protest with the government, you are entitled to have copies of most of what's part of the solicitation and evaluation process, if you're not allowed to have it or it's proprietary, we'll redact it. But GAO will get a copy, and then the protester will get a copy too, yep. so that they can go through it and try and find more ammo to see where we didn't, where we didn't do what we said we were going to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. look at the end of the day, I I've, I've seen the amount of protest. I feel like they've kind of dissipated a little bit. But I remember like mm-hmm. five or six years ago, every contract was pro- seen like every contract was going under protest. And it's expensive. It's mm-hmm. expensive for the government because of time materials. It's
1: insanely expensive. You know, and then it's insanely expensive. all these
0: companies spending money on legal. Mm-hmm. If there's a small business and they raise a protest because they felt that it mm-hmm. should have gone their way. I think you had mentioned previously that you have a small business office that that kind of handles mm-hmm. like small businesses. What happens if a small business comes out and says, hey, we should have made that a small business set aside. We have these many partners that could have done that can a group of small businesses create a protest against maybe a large that was awarded the contract
1: if they're not part of the procurement like if they weren't part of the the companies that solicited or that's a responded to a solicitation they can't outwardly protest that award decision they can contact the government to try and understand why the strategy went the way it did but unless you're part of the you know group of companies that responded to a solicitation and then you know You either didn't move forward in a phase or at the debrief period you found out that you did not win that's the time where you would be able to protest got it so i have seen where you know they have protested but most of the time it's you can't be part of that if it wasn't if it wasn't you know you weren't part of it from the beginning so but that's a good question i mean and and if you're if you're a small business though considering protesting i would say talk to your attorney or if you don't have one find one and really, like weigh the the pros and cons of. Do you think you have enough valid points to be able to, you know, win or to have it reopen? Because one of my favorite small businesses that I've worked with, and I don't work with them anymore because I'm in a different portfolio, but um, he said that it uh, easily it was ten thousand dollars, and he protested one of the awards not with my agency, with a different agency, three times, mm-hmm. and it, you know that's not chump change to a small business, mm-hmm. so. You know, it's like you kind of have to weigh what requirements you're going to respond to. You also need to weigh, do I really want to fight this? Do I agree with everything that they've said? Or, you know, what can I take from this and move forward? Or no, I should have won this and they clearly didn't do what they said they were. If you feel passionately about it, you know, go for it. But just understand that, number one, it's public record. So even if you lose, it'll it'll always be public record on GAO's website. Which is also really a great resource if you have time and you're a, you know, a nerd like me, you can go look <laughs> at it and see case law so that you know if you're going to go fight something, did it win in the past or did it lose? And do I really want to waste all my time focusing on this, especially if you're a really small company? Yep. You know, it might, it, it might be just a, unfortunately time to cut your losses and then move forward.
0: Yeah and and uh, that leads perfectly into my next question because where we sit right now we're at the end of July in 2023 when filming mm-hmm. this and we're going into end of fiscal year and oh, the, yeah. the you know so <laughs> uh, as soon as i said that you know, you're like great so all the small <laughs> business money that's available out there you know you're going to have fast and furious procurements you're going to have people getting contracts mm-hmm. from your seat where you sit now is this just kind of your busy season and it's kind of crazy and and there's just a beehive of activity or like, what can small businesses expect working with your agency at this time of year?
1: I would say expect that they're going to try and look for vehicles that are already possibly there because we have to consider them first. Anyway, it's part of our policy that you have to consider what's already available either through DHS headquarters that's available to all the agencies because I'm at TSA and TSA is under DHS. Mm -hmm. So there's like 11 agencies that can use all of DHS's um, strategic sourcing vehicles. If that doesn't work, we have to go to GSA because there's HCATs and Oasis, which are all services, you know, huge contracts that you can use. I would say expect for us to look at ways that we can streamline the process because we have a lot of money that we need to obligate by September 30th. And if we can't do that, then this is the time of year where 8A become very, very popular mm-hmm. because you know, we can directly talk to them, the time frame is much shorter. And, you know, if you if you've been able to confirm with the small business administration that they're in good standing, and they're still in AA, then you're good to go to move forward. If you are part of a vehicle that, you know, you think that, you know, our agency or another agency might be interested in using, I would go chat up some of your, you know, other people on your vehicle to see if you've heard of anything, but sign up for alerts on SAM, mm-hmm. because you can sign up for alerts per your NAICS code, so that when something goes out for a notice or an RFI or a solicitation or anything, you're going to immediately get it. And that's a lot of the times where companies miss it, even on GSA, because you're not signed up for the notification to get it. I would just, this is the the time of year where we all question why we're in this profession. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then in October, we're okay again. Yeah. You know, I feel like accountants in April. Yeah. But it, it's, it's just trying to find what makes the most sense. Where could we get, you know, reasonable pricing? Where can we have adequate, if not, you know, great competition? Because we're, in, you know, the FAR requires you to have competition as much as humanly possible. If you can't, we have to document why. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, I would say for companies, and, and this is something I've learned on the show too, is Do your research. You know, a lot of the hosts guests that I've had on the show, they have done research and that really helps them to be able to find out, you know, other opportunities that were there that they didn't know of, or, you know, you know, kind of create that relationship with another, you know, company to team up with them and then have something for the future. Right. And so if you're not familiar with those, do your research now and then start looking at what they're forecasting for you know, first quarter and second quarter for next year.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great info. And uh, we're going to publish this episode really quick and we're going to, you know, get it out because like, I mean, small <laughs> businesses are market and small businesses, a lot of them just think that it's it's going to be easy. So there's, leading into this next thing, like they, they see these people, mm-hmm. some people on YouTube, some people on LinkedIn, and they say, hey, making government contracts are easy. Getting them are great. And you can make tens of millions of dollars. They've been doing it for 15 years. Years plus. So it's easier for them now, but it's not easy. And when they hear things like end of fiscal year, there's a run on eight days because they can perform and it's an easier Mm -hmm. process, that's stuff that people need to understand and hear. Right. And we've seen eight days just, you know, I've seen it, maybe you haven't, but I've seen them just blow up. And it's particularly this time of year. Now they're on Mm -hmm. these contracts and let's say they're new in the program, they've got eight consecutive years of being able to do this and grow their firms until they either size out or age out. And mm-hmm. that's a sizable amount of money for certain NAICS codes. So like you said, this is a time of year to really make yourself known, track on same mm-hmm. opportunities that fit your core competencies. And um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then our are, are folks in your seat, are you, are you able to be in do, like something for somebody to get in touch with you about a solicitation or if, if there's a name solicitation, <coughs> do the people really answer the phone that like... They,
1: they, they do are. or they direct them. So sometimes people reach out to me for requirements. And if I'm not the one like for something I did and, you know, they went and looked at the old piece of information on Sam or whatever, I will direct them to either the person that's handling it now or I will direct them to the small business office. So I would say the first... Place for you to look at is go to the small business office. Not just at, not just at my agency, but every agency because they have a team of people that have access to everything that you know we have going on. The other thing is, is if you have a requirement in mind that you want to know more about or you think you might be a good fit for, that would be really helpful to come to that conversation with. So if you're not signed up for the uh, Advanced Planning F- Acquisition Planning Forecast System APFS, mm-hmm. it's free. You can sign up for that. We are required by law for anything over 250K to publish it as a forecast for the year, for the for the upcoming fiscal year. And we're required to do that within the next couple of weeks for, for fiscal year 24. If you see something on there and it's not a small business set aside and you think it should be, or it is a small business set aside and you want to know more, I would take that information and bring that to your small business office because they're there to help you as much as they can, but they can have much more uh, open and candid conversations with you than we can, especially once the solicitations come out.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's great info. We're going to actually highlight that in the notes as well when we publish out because people need to know that. Yeah. It, and it's, it, I think having this candid conversation with somebody in your seat, people are going to go crazy because mm-hmm. they're like, holy crap, I, <laughs> I need this right now because it's this time of year. Yeah. Flipping this dial low, now you're sitting on breaking the standard mm-hmm. side right? And you're hearing Mm -hmm. the, I wouldn't say complaints, but you're hearing the struggles of a small business. What are some of the biggest struggles you hear from small businesses?
1: Oh, getting into an 8A program too fast. Like not waiting. So like sometimes companies start, become a company and then they jump into the 8A program thinking that it's going to help them. And then they've, they've lost a couple of years on their program before they were really able to take off. Okay, And so we've had a couple, we had a couple of guests on our show that Explain that it's really important to kind of like get your fit footing for a year or two before you apply, because you know then they can really help you grow your business. Okay. Some companies, a couple of companies we had on the show, they didn't really know what they were getting into, and they jumped into it, and then they lost, you know, three years of their program. Sure. The program, but I would say find a procurement PTEC, find a procurement technology acquisition center. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or find your like local SBA rep. I'm having an SBA member on the show next week, Larry Webb, from the District of Columbia. And like they are there to help you with loans, grants, acquisition opportunities, being able to connect you with someone. So if you don't know how to do something or you have a question about something, there should be someone there for you. Sometimes they just don't know where to go to ask the, to ask the question. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is, is just, you know, the, 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 some of the complaints are, you know, time lag on the government side, how long it takes to hear back from us. We haven't given an update or they think it was unfair the way we went or, you know, that, you know, they, they want to see more of something and it's not there. So, I mean, I've heard that complaint a lot, you know, that we're, we're, you know, we already had somebody in mind why did we go through this whole thing or, you know, you guys don't give out enough of information and, you know, now we're waiting and we're scrambling. And so, and that's something I've tried to be really empathetic to is we don't like to put due dates for things on the weekend, like on a Friday for the weekend. We don't like to do things over a holiday because people want to spend time with their families. You know, we want, we want to try and be as reasonable as possible when it comes to that, that kind of thing.
0: That's great. It's great. And then the people that you've been able to interview, Right. So you've come across advisors, partners, consultants, vendors, Mm -hmm. you name it. Some of the most interesting things that you've covered in breaking the standard, like what's what's kind of illuminated your view from the outside in seat?
1: Well, that government contracting isn't impossible. It's just it's a marathon, not a sprint. So like you were saying before, like it it is a great industry, because there is a lot of security in it, if you're able to get in it and do well in mm-hmm. it, but you're not going to just fall into it. So, you know, understanding that you need to have, you know, resources, you need to have other teams of people to be able to rely on or confer with, but that you need to be in it for the long haul. Like you need to be able to do your research and know like, okay, this this is an, an in, you know, in-demand thing that we need and be able to, I guess, you know, have Have whatever you need in mind. I'm completely botching that. Sorry. Like, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I think, out of the people I've interviewed or I've had on the show, you know, we've had like attorneys who, you know, are always really like cautious to make sure that you're, you know, following everything that you need and, you know, making sure you have your plans in place. But we've had a couple of like mentor protege, you know, participants in the program. Mm -hmm. And they, some of the things that they said that they wish they had known, you know, if you're in a relationship, you have to be in it for a very specific period of time, because if you stay in that relationship, you are legally tied to each other. Mm -hmm. And so we've, you know, a couple of them found that out the hard way. And then if one gets in trouble for something or is legally held liable for something, the other one is too. And so do your research, understand that it's the long haul. Mm -hmm. A couple of my, couple of my guests, you know, they were so hell bent on being on GSA. And then they got on GSA and spent all this money to get on there and got like one requirement a year. Yep. So, is it really worth, like, is it, was it really worth what you wanted it to be? Like, really look into some of these things before you go out there and take the leap because it could impact you and not in a positive way.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, so in our company, just as an example, we don't have any direct to government contracts, but we're registered in a, as an SDVOSB. And I built the company in order mm-hmm. to help companies you know, use our stamp, but in advantage ways, not as a pass through, Mm -hmm. but as like a leverage point. And we come across companies that are like, Hey, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm like, I I don't think that that's legal. I I don't think you can use us for that. Right. And um, we're not going to go down that road. But then I see other companies band together. They're six or seven small businesses. They, like you said, they jumped into 8A right away and they're going after these procurements Mm -hmm. that are like, way past their capabilities, right? Yeah, like they're shooting for the moon. Mm -hmm. God love you if that's what you want to do. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of win is very low. And Mm -hmm. the large companies, they just, they know what they're doing. They know how to win those awards and they know how to deliver in them. Like, Mm -hmm. do you ever hear of small companies saying, hey, we should just band together and go after XYZ. And then sitting in your TSA seat, you're like, eh, Let's talk about that. Do you, do you ever hear about that?
1: I haven't had that happen. I have heard of it happening. I've had a couple of times where small businesses have gone, you know, and tried to throw their hat in the ring with large companies and they didn't They didn't win just because the, you know, the bandwidth that, that we needed for the requirement was so big. Mm-hmm. But just don't knock, you know, go find a company and, and ask, like, see if you can partner with them or sub with them because, you know, we say this all the time, but like, subcontractor experience can be used for past performance experience so it's not it's not completely you know uh, irrelevant you can use it and like that's a great way for you to get in the door before you become a prime mm-hmm. so you know don't write it off completely but there are a lot of large businesses that have been doing certain things for a very long time and they're doing it that way because it works so go find out what they're doing you know if if a lot of them have small business programs a lot of them have you know subcontracting like you know shops within their companies and they're very very devoted to making sure that they do that to not only help you know develop the small businesses but also adhere to what the government's goals are so you just you know need to reach out and make different connections
0: great advice again so i think the last thing for me and is the last question i had for you is what's okay. next for breaking the standard Like what, what, what are your your goals and some of the things that you want to address and how you can help the small business community?
1: Yeah. So, so like I said earlier, we, we started three years ago. And so this year our goal was to, you know, uh, kind of really start to develop into a business. And so we have a couple of amazing sponsors, which is one of the ways that I've actually been able to meet Jim. And one of the things that we're really looking forward to is just kind of expanding into the community. So uh, I'm definitely looking at having a, you know, welcome, welcoming the new fiscal year event in the fall. And I would love to start having a couple of either courses or just, you know, materials that businesses can access to be able to kind of have like a Venn diagram or roadmap of things to consider and think about after all of the pitfalls that I've heard about and learned on the show. And, you know, and they, all of the people I've had on the show are all, we all have the same goal, including you. You know, we want companies to be able to avoid those things and be able to be successful. Or if they don't win at this time, then they at least understand what they, you know, where they fell short and be able to apply that and then come back and win the next time. So just continuing to have amazing guests on the show like you Mm -hmm. and, you know, just getting out there in the community and, you know, answering questions. We love questions. So if you want to, you know, email us, or, you know, find us on LinkedIn. If you have a procurement question for me, I am on LinkedIn separately on my own personal page. And this is what I tell everyone. If it's publicly available, I can talk to you about yeah. it or I will offer it to you and share it with you, like the strategic sourcing vehicles that are out there, some of the other programs. But if it's proprietary in any nature, I cannot tell you about it.
0: Right, right. No, that's great. And and uh, we're going to promote it, obviously, on LinkedIn and, and share it. The ideas around helping you with any materials or any guidance, creating that know-how, if you need benefits help, compliance help, Service Contract Act, I'm happy to contribute. I will be calling you. I I will be calling you. That's that's
1: my least Service Contract Act is uh, on the contracting, like on the CO side, is my least favorite thing because of all of the wage determinations and the updates that we have to do. But um I will definitely cause you know, is a great resource. I think it would be really helpful to have that because I think that's something where a lot of companies either don't plan for it or they fall short and then they get blindsided by what they need or then they go into like a deficit because they're trying to, you know, make up for the make up for what they didn't account for in the beginning.
0: Yeah, we're always happy to help. If I can get you any information, obviously ATSA requirements, right? So we, we have a lot of clients that mm-hmm. work in the security space there and Anything I can do to contribute to that, you know, we want to make sure. Love the show. Keep doing great work. Thank you. And we're going to keep listening, <laughs> but I can't thank you enough for coming on. And anything you want to close with? Anything you want to leave us with?
1: Well, thank you for having me on. And you know, it, Listen to GovCon Secrets as well as, you know, breaking the standard. Just pick a couple and, you know, on your walk or your drive or your commute. And something I, I said on a, my other guest appearance on the GovMate show was, no, now is not a never. So if you get told no now, don't allow that. If you get if you allow that to discourage you, you're not meant to be in the govcon mm-hmm. arena. It's a no right now, but it's a okay. Go back to the drawing board, figure out what you need, and then come back. And that's probably like the best piece of advice I remembered talking to Meg O'Hara on the show about is that no doesn't mean never.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I, that's huge because you might have just you know, breathe the saving breath into some people that were thinking about giving up or quitting. So that's, that's really good stuff. And uh, I can't thank you enough again for coming on. Thanks. You got it.